Hi everyone, this is Jeff Tokar, candidate for the Texas 32nd United States Congressional District, and welcome to the American Resolution 2020, Here's the Reason Why. Thanks for joining us. Alongside of me all the way is Lonnie Wilder, my campaign manager. I'm always glad to have one of my good friends with me. That's my counsel for my campaign, Cliff DeCamp. Cliff, how's it going today? Um, It's going pretty good, Jeff. Uh, Glad to be on uh, this podcast with you. Well, we're going to do something different. We talked about health care in one of our previous podcasts, but we're going to go back to health care in a different way. But I want to ask you something first. Have you ever traveled to other countries? Uh, Sure. Have you ever had any kind of medical emergency in another country? No, I haven't. Um, But I've heard some, uh, some stories. One in particular stands out to me. Um, and that was that uh, a good friend of mine who's uh, who's an attorney, um, and uh, he and another friend of his who is the head of a major uh, hospital in northeastern Ohio uh, took a trip uh, to Scotland to St Andrews to golf, and uh, while they were there, my friend's retina detached from his eye. Oh man! And they they rushed him to the hospital. And, of course, my other friend, who is the president of the uh, hospital system, uh, went along with them. And right. once they determined that his retina had detached from his eye and that was what the issue was, the uh, uh, the executive from the hospital said, from the uh, Ohio uh, hospital system said, you know what, I'm putting you on a flight back to the United States because, you know, based upon what I've seen and what I know from my experience – the people here can't give you the level of care that you're going to get anywhere in the United States. Wow. Uh, so he immediately put him on a flight and sent him home. And, and uh, you know, within 24 hours, the, he was having surgery back here in Ohio. That's amazing. So so it was just, you know, the quality wasn't there? Or? Yeah, the quality wasn't there. He could tell that from uh, the hospital that they're in, which was a very good hospital by uh, European and, and uh, uh, U.K. standards but uh, was not nearly the level of uh, hospital systems here in the United States. Um, And he knew that the level of care that he was going to get and the likelihood of success was higher uh, on the surgery here than it would have been in Scotland. So that was the reason why he suggested that they uh, get him back to the United States immediately. And we're talking a detached retina. I mean, isn't that like emergency surgery? Uh, not necessarily emergency surgery, but it's certainly something that you can't leave go for an extended period of time. As I understand it, at least you have to the nerve, if um, if it remains unattached for a long period of time, will basically die out. Uh, so you need to get it uh, reattached as soon as you can. Well, I've had a tear in the retina before, and it was like like a window broke in one of my eyes, and so it's something that had to be taken care of quickly. So I'm amazed that. Uh, he was able to get back to the states and get that done and and turn out okay. Yeah, in fact, he's back to a hundred percent. So, I've uh, I've traveled to many countries in Europe and Canada and Mexico and never had any kind of medical emergency, and so I want to do something a little bit different tonight in talking about healthcare. We've traveled to other countries and neither of us have experienced anything, but your friend did. Um, and it's it's a lot different when you go to another country and you're on a trip versus actually living in an, another country and living and breathing and eating socialized medicine. 
Well, that's what we're going to do tonight. We've got a wonderful young lady that's going to tell us about her experiences living overseas for many years. And what's really unique about this young lady is that she's a millennial. And so her perspective on healthcare in other countries versus the United States is, is something that I really want us to talk about tonight. That sounds like it's an important topic, and I, I look forward to speaking with her. We have a special guest with us, Lisa McCreary, who I had the opportunity to meet at the Dallas Young Republicans Club meeting. Just a wonderful young lady uh, that has had the opportunity to live in Hungary and Italy and other places like Israel and England, uh, but primarily in Hungary and Italy. And we asked Lisa to be on with us because she's moved back to the United States and in the conversation we had, she told me about some of the medical issues and care that they have over in the uh, other part of the world. So I wanted Lisa, first of all, to say welcome and coming and to be with us on the podcast today. And uh, I just wanted you to share some of those experiences you may have had over in foreign countries. Well, thank you, Jeff, for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk with you. Um, yeah, so I, as as you said, I, I lived abroad for 14 years. I uh, had a, a plethora of experiences, both good and bad. Um, but obviously, when it comes to healthcare, there's really nothing good. Uh, that uh, the West is known for good medical care, and there's a reason for that, uh, first and foremost. But also, uh, socialized and universal healthcare is is not the way to go, uh, no matter where you live in the world. And uh, the more that you have that, the more problems you have. Um, the less you know, good care that you get. Um, you want quality. If you want quality, you're, if you, what I should say is, if you if you're looking for a budget of anything, you're not going to get good quality, uh, and that goes for healthcare as well. So, Lisa, in foreign countries, many of them they're socialized medicine, and where you were at, uh, the care, the quality wasn't as great. But is that on an even scale across the board, or is it if the people have a lot more money, they can get better quality care? Well, look, what I would say is that my experiences are obviously limited to what I what I had experienced in, in, in Italy and also Hungary. And those are two completely different countries, of course, uh, with culture, language, um, attitudes in general, mentality. So uh, that goes a long way for the kind of uh, services that you're going to get when you're at the hospital, obviously. Um, but having said that, yes, to answer your question, you do get uh, better quality uh, of service um, no matter where you are, I think, um, in socialized countries um, if you have more money. That's just a given. Uh, in Hungary, doctors are bribed uh, under the table uh, to provide better care for their patients. It's a, it's a reality. It's a sad reality, but it's a reality nonetheless. Not only quality health care. What about age span? Do different ages get treated differently as far as the care that, that that's available to them? Um, I think a lot of people on the left would say no, but that's also not a reality. It is true that if you are older, you're not seen as uh, as important, and so you're put at the bottom of waiting lists. Um, I know my mother, for one, she had something really wrong with her legs a while back, and she was given an appointment at the public hospital for, I believe it was five months down the road. Um, you know, wow. if you have a serious problem, that's something you want to take care of right away if it's urgent. Um, but if you want to go to a private doctor and spend a lot of money, um, then you can certainly do that. You, you're able to do that, but you, you do have to spend a lot of money to do it. Um, 
now as an American, a lot of money is kind of a subjective term because for an American living in Hungary, you know, $200 may not seem like a lot. However, to the average Hungarian, that's a ton of money. So most Hungarians can't just run to a private doctor willy-nilly whenever they feel like it. Um, they rely on that socialized healthcare. What they what they get wrong is that it's not free because everybody, including them, everybody pays for that socialized medicine in their taxes. Um, so I got very upset with the average Italian or the average Hungarian who would say, well, it's free. Well, it's not free. I'm paying mm -hmm. for it. You're paying for it. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have to experience any health care issues while you were there? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. I had an appendectomy when I was in Hungary. Oh, uh, emergency operation, which uh, at the time, this is a little funny, actually, at the time they had just passed a law that everybody voted for. Um, it, I have to do a little bit of a background on this. So right before that had happened, this was back in 2008, and right before that, healthcare had been 100% free in the sense where you go into the doctor or the clinic and you didn't have to pay anything. But they passed a law, enough people wanted this, that you had to pay 300 forint per visit, which in US dollars was only $1.50 at the time. Mm -hmm. And they required this because what was happening was old women who had nothing better to do were going into the doctor just to sit and chat and they were taking up the doctor's time. And that <laughs> that $1.50 um, kind of deterred them from doing that. And so when I had my surgery, it cost $1.50. <laughs> it was is a dollar fifty to get my appendectomy. Now, am I glad that the doctor saved my life? Absolutely, because it was an emergency, middle of the night procedure. Um, but it was one of the most hor horrific experiences of my life. Um, but I was at the hospital for other other things too. Well, so how would you feel your care was once you were in the hospital, as far as the attention and to the needs you had? It was awful. It was awful. I mean, again, I don't want to sit here and say that they didn't save my life because at the end of the day, that was the most important thing, how I was treated as a human being, you know, right. is kind of put on on the shelf. Um, but at least in Hungary, um, to some extent in Italy, but not nearly as much as in Hungary, they treat you more like a cadaver than a, a person. Um, yeah. You're just a body and uh, you don't care. So. Well, I <laughs> One of the things I have, this is Cliff, one of the things I wanted to ask is, did you see anything good about their systems, the systems you saw? Um, well, okay, there's no question. Um, an appendectomy here in the United States would not cost $1.50. Right. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more than that, and I probably would have you know, gone into debt or been bankrupt if, if I had had that done here. Um, but I think... The things like that, yes, that's a, I suppose that's a plus. You know, you can go in and get that done for free, quote unquote. Um, you're paying the same as everybody else. But the bad part of that, I suppose, is that um, it's good for higher cost um, procedures. But if you have a, a sore throat or you need just some medicine or something, it's the same kind of low quality um, and it's going to cost exactly the same. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah. um it's it's really to me there's nothing good about it uh other than i know that if i go into the doctor i've already paid i don't have to worry about a big bill 
Um, though though I, I can't say that I agree with that here in the U.S. I, I think there should be a happy medium and there's just not anywhere, it seems. It's either bad quality and really cheap or really good quality and exorbitantly expensive. So, yeah. You know, Lisa, uh, this is Lonnie Wilder. Um, and Jeff mentioned, kind of outed you as, as a, um, I won't <laughs> use the M word, but, but someone in that age bracket. My question to you is that, you know, when you hear Warren and Bernie um, talk mm -hmm. in terms of healthcare, and you know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you had an opportunity to be on a debate stage with that kind of um, ideology, uh, you know, how would you approach that from the standpoint of statement and or question to that kind of thinking? Their rhetoric resonates with the millennial generation pretty, mm -hmm. pretty well. And so, you know, how would you approach, you know, what kind of question would you ask a Bernie or a little bit Warren? To, oh, I, to kind of engage that to to bring out you know more of what maybe the millennials need to know about that structure. Well, I know exactly what I what I'd start off with is uh, have you lived in a in a culture or in a country right. and lived? I'm not talking about I visited for my honeymoon in communist Russia. I'm talking about I right. I actually lived and breathed socialized medicine for more than a year. And mm -hmm. I can attest to it being a wonderful thing. I had surgery in a socialist controlled uh, healthcare environment. And if the answer to that is, well, you know, I don't have to live there to know that it's great. I would say, well, actually you do. You have to live someplace to, to have a, an educated opinion on it. I mean, fair enough. I don't need to live in North Korea to know that it's bad, but I, but I can see the results and the, the effects of what's going on. And unfortunately, what I think Europeans are blind to is because they've never had anything different, they look at our society, and I've had this discussion with many a European, they do not understand this idea of not having health care for all. They can't comprehend it. They think it's barbaric. They think it's selfish. They think it's um, it's so, I think hedonistic, they, they don't understand how people can um, not love one another and, and help each other out. Um, and what they don't, but they haven't grown up in the same society or culture that we have, where to eat, you know, kind of um, taking care of your yourself, you have to have responsibility for yourself. And, and healthcare is not a basic human right. Um, it's, it's just not, it, it, you have a right to it if you can afford it, but it, it is not a basic human right. Uh, so I, I, that would be my question to them. Have they lived in that society or that culture? Um, I don't know what they would say. Probably the answer would be no, I would assume. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't lived there. <laughs> um, you know, I heard on, on um, I think it was CNN or Fox News, I don't remember which, many years ago, I was still living in Europe, and I heard Roseanne Barr talking about how socialized medicine is just the way to go and that those people in Europe, they live like kings. And I started yelling at the TV. <laughs> I said, well, why don't you come on over, Roseanne? I'll, I'll, I'll make an appointment for you at a Hungarian hospital. You can take a look for yourself how we live like kings. So. Yeah, it's yeah. easy to say when you're on a different end of the uh, pricing spectrum. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you, 
you would uh, you would be able to tell Bernie he probably would still be waiting in line for his heart condition. Well, I was just about to say I I was thinking about this yesterday that that Bernie had a heart heart attack. I think uh, was he going to was he going to public health care or did he have a private doctor? Oh, I, yeah, right. health care that a congressman can get or a senator can get. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, he probably. Cliff. He probably already had the condition, and if he liked his doctor, he could keep his yeah. doctor. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's a great point, Cliff. Uh, I wonder, you know, in in, in something catastrophic like that, uh, you sure don't want to be in that system where you're suddenly finding yourself watching the watching the seconds tick by as as your life ticks by, flashes before you. And you don't want to be in a socialized system and go, wow, I wish I would have, wouldn't have voted for this. Exactly. And well, and I, too late. And I think, I think again, that people really have a, a romanticized idea of what socialized medicine really looks like. And, again, you want something for nothing, you're not going to get good quality. Uh, Lisa, that's would, correct. would you say this is more of a narcissistic euphoria? On which end? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, I mean, people that think socialized medicine is the best thing since sliced bread. Oh, absolutely. Well, not only do I think that it is a narcissistic euphoria for those people, but I think it's it's just a a fanciful uh, imaginary play, uh, idea because it it doesn't function properly. Ask anybody who has lived in Canada. You know, and they're living now in the United States. And if they complain about the healthcare in the U.S., I would say then go back to Canada. You know, I don't understand why you're here. Um, the and, and I love. Don't get me wrong. I loved living in Europe. Unfortunately, it was just a part of the life there that they have um, crappy healthcare and no guns. <laughs> yeah, here we go. There's another whole podcast, and we have that on the Second Amendment. But you nailed it right there. You've lived it, you've breathed it, you've experienced it. And mm-hmm. most people that talk don't talk from that kind of expertise. Exactly. Well, something else that I might add, if you don't mind, um, oh. I don't want to I don't want to keep you. But something else that might be interesting to you is to know that there is literally not one person in Europe that I've ever come into contact with that did not think Obama changed the healthcare system here in the United States for the better. <laughs> Everybody is under the illusion, um, and God bless them. I think it's because they are so ensconced with the liberal media that they have in Europe. There is no such thing as conservative radio, conservative television. It's all left wing. Uh, but they are very much under the deception that the the healthcare system here in the United States. Um, was a good thing that that Obamacare, I should say, excuse me, um, that he really changed it for the good. And in fact, when they say I loved Obama, I loved Obama, I say why? And they say, well, for no other reason, he fixed health care. I said he didn't <laughs> fix it, he ruined it. And so do you think that the media in our country are doing the same kind of, well, let's just say it, brainwashing the people to the truth? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, I met somebody from Azerbaijan uh, last summer, and he told me that, yeah, he watches the news, the American news. I said, really, what do you watch? And he said, The Daily Show. That's not that's not news. That's not Enter- even funny, actually. Yeah, it's, it's entertainment. So, yeah, I would, I would say that absolutely. We're being very much brainwashed here. And, in fact, if you talk to people who are on the left, it doesn't matter how old they are. I have relatives, um, you know, 
probably close to your age. Um, and they, when I ask them, what is it that you don't like about Trump? Well, I don't know that he's an idiot. Well, why is he an idiot? I don't know. He's just an idiot. All I got to say is you got some young relatives. <laughs> no, <they're> not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really young, really young. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, Jeff she, was, yeah. She, she was talking to me, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Before we, we wrap, uh, I want to ask you this question. Sure. You're, and Lonnie, Lonnie ratted me out on the millennial, <laughs> and, I, and you're not the typical millennial. You are a wonderful, sweet, highly educated, intelligent young lady. Thank you. That has lived and experienced uh, this type of system that I haven't even experienced. Sure. And that's why I wanted to talk to you tonight. So if you could, in a wrap up, tell us what you would tell people here, the socialism versus the American way of life healthcare system. If you were giving a, a commercial on television, what would you say? Um, you really put me on the spot here. <laughs> um, that could be really lengthy. Well, I think, I think, again, as I said a moment ago, I think that people have this imaginary uh, idea of what socialized medicine looks like. But I think that goes back to also socialism in general. Looks great on paper, but it just doesn't work in theory, uh, in reality, excuse me. And I think um, that, again, there's always going to be a little bit of good and a little bit of bad to everything. I think that there is certainly, it's nice to know in a socialized you know, medicine uh, environment that you can go into the doctor whenever you want um, and be seen and your ticket is already paid because you've paid for it in taxes. On the other hand, you are going to wait long time to see the doctor. You are going to be on a waiting list. Um, if you don't mind me sharing a little anecdote. Um, sure. Sure. A friend of mine in Hungary, this was years and years ago. This was this was before I even really knew anything about the socialized um, health care and, and the differences between there and here. But in any case, she had told me that her grandfather had had cancer, cancer of the leg, and that he was in a lot of pain. And I told her I was sorry to hear that. And she says, well, he died. I said, oh, my gosh, how did he die? And she says, well, the pain was really bad. He went to the doctor, and because he was old, uh, they put him on a waiting list. Well, why did they put him on a waiting list? Because he was old and he was no good to society. They put the people who were younger ahead of him in line. Mm -hmm. And uh, because there are only so many doctors, they're only getting paid so much because it's a socialized environment, um, they can't afford to take everybody right away. So they put him on a waiting list for one year. The pain was so excruciating, he hung himself. Mm -hmm. And I tell people that story and I tell them that is what socialized medicine looks like. That is the the hard reality of it. And a lot of people, you know, in Italy, if I mention it, they say, oh, well, that's hungry. No, no, that's socialized medicine. And that's also what it can look like in Italy. It doesn't matter what country it's in. It could happen anywhere. Um, right. And for now, we value all life in the United States of America, exactly. no matter what age, no matter whether born or unborn, we value life here. And that is a top priority of taking care of everyone. Exactly. exactly. Well, Lisa McCreary, you're just wonderful. We've enjoyed the time that you have taken to share with us through your experiences. And, and I wanted somebody of your age to tell us exactly mm -hmm. um, your viewpoint, because you don't hear many realistic young people like you speaking like you do today. 
No, it's absolutely frightening. I heard a statistic the other day that uh, 70 some percent of people my age uh, support socialism. And and that terrifies me. It absolutely terrifies me. Well, uh, I hope they listen to this podcast and I <laughs> hope they pay attention to your words of wisdom. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Lisa. We really appreciate you joining us for this podcast. We will have many more podcasts before the March 3rd primary. And I hope you'll continue to join us as we talk about many, many more issues that are going to be predominant in the 2020 election cycle. This podcast has been paid for the Tokar for Congress Campaign Committee. I'm Jeff Tokar. I approve this message because I still believe in God, America, and freedom.